The following episode of the Fab Four Free For All was recorded live at the Fest for Beatle fans at the Hilton Westchester in Rybrook, New York on April 16th, 2016. Hi, this is Russ Teitelman, and you're listening to Fab Four Free For All. So we've got 700 people joining us here at... (laughs) Joining us at the the Fest for Beetle fans, and uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you all for being here. How many of you listen to us on the... Computer on the iPhone, iPad, whatever. That's very cool. I, I, I. I, I, I. Very good. It's always about us, not I. But we are the Fab Four Free For All, and today we are going to talk about a topic that is fairly new in Beetledom, uh, even though it's over 20 years old. I can't believe that it is now 20 years uh, since the Threedles release. Threedles, we'll get to that. The Threedles release Real Love. And we are going to talk about the Threedles. In general, we're not going to go into real big in-depth about them, but we are going to talk about them. But we want to find out, and we want you to also tell us, whether you thought the Threedles was a success. I mean, you know, whether it's commercially, whether it's in your mind. Uh, first, let's talk about that word, Threedles, right. uh, because it was coined by whomever. I don't even know who it was coined by. Al, do you know who it was coined by? Uh, I said it. Because the Threedles I, I is, did it. you would think that since... I, I want to say the British press, because they're the ones who will follow the, the reunion a lot closer, I think, than the Americans. Is any, are any British people in here? In the room They've right all now? left. <laughs> they're all in the last, the the last program. The British press didn't coin the word Threedles, believe me. I don't know. And, well, I well, could Beetle, say that no one's here. It doesn't well, matter. Be, well, we should say that Beetle fan, which Al writes for, yes. Yes. was the one who broke the story that the three of them were re- reuniting. Yes. And then Be- got picked up by the New York Times, and then, of course, the but rest of the But you guys didn't coin threedles. No. no. All right, so the, that word threedles in general, it, it's spelled T-H-R-E-E, obviously, for three Beatles. But if you really thought about it, threedles should have been spelled with an A as well, because the Beatles did the same thing. But that looks, looks like threadles. Nobody thinks it is threadles. <laughs> the three dangerous Beatles that are left. Yes, because Ringo's going to hit you with a drumstick. Yeah. But he won't give you his autograph. Right. Peace and love. Well, back then he did. That's he true. did. He actually did. So. Yeah, not only has he not given his autograph anymore, he doesn't even write the star anymore. No. Uh, he, you know, maybe it's off. just old age. He can't do a star, but, you know, whatever. Oh, my. <laughs> we just went off on Ringo. Yeah, we really did. No, wow. but the, the threedle. He'll never be on the show now. So, way back when... Uh, I guess it was like late 93 or early 94. We had heard here, again, from, from Beatle fan, that the, the three remaining Beatles were going to be getting together. But we had heard that it was not going to be for music, so to speak, it, new music. <clears throat> Originally, we heard it was going to be for incidental music. Right. And, and actually, Paul had talked about that starting really in 1989, once he started doing touring again. You know, he did a press conference basically in the cities, like the old days, and he said, well, maybe we can do some, you know, incidental music, you know. And Wait, what was that? I'm sorry. Incidental music. Oh, incidental. That's are music you, for you your now? teeth, right? He's talking about you know music for I'm your sorry. teeth, incidental I was, I was, music. I was going to go into a British accent, and then I said, you God know what? God help the us. Leave that to Tony. Here. And just and, like with your singing, don't do that. Yes. Um, but, but we should say, during that time, that George Harrison had the great, great quote. And this, yes. to me, kicks off the whole thrill thing. This is the quote. As far as I'm concerned... There won't be a Beatles reunion as long as John Lennon remains dead. One of the great quotes from George And he Harrison. has remained dead, right? He has. Okay. It's amazing. I just want to make sure. Um, but that, that is a good quote. But also, 
after everything got together, George then sort of changed, and no pun intended, he changed his tune. Because he, he did say, once again, as long as we had John there as the singer, right, right. Uh, it was going to be the Beatles again. It was going to be okay. He said, but I had no desire whatsoever to do it as a threesome. Well, I think, no. I think one of the sources of controversy has always been that typically Paul has often taken credit for being the one to approach Yoko and ask about receiving some of John's demos. How many of us kind of think that that's, you know, that's, well, that's what he said, the way that it, we, we perceived it. But when you read around and really kind of look into all this, it looks as though it was really George and Ringo that uh, George, George, Neil Aspinall. Jo- George and Neil Aspinall rather that approached Yoko first. And Which a, was kind of interesting. I, and, I never would have. And, I then, never and there's a reason behind that. that. When they were doing the second Wilburys album, remember there was the thing, oh, who could be the guy to replace Roy Orbison? Who could be a Wilbury? And, you know, that would be like a question for George. Yikes. And George, you know, you'd say, can Paul McCartney be a Wilbury? No. George, no, no. So, can Ringo? Oh, I don't know. But so Dr. Winston O. Wilbury? Is that no, what no, it was going to be? It was going to be Elvis Presley. They approached Elvis's estate. They were going to have an Elvis song, Ugh. then change the background on it or take an unfinished song because he has a lot of you know, unfinished stuff. And they basically <laughs> were going to do conversation. that. Uh, yeah, well, th- th- yeah, think right. about that song. Right. So that, that's where sort of the idea came about. And then, according to what we heard, George and Neil approached Yoko. But then when John was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by Paul, he went to see Yoko, and they had tea, and they said... Well, that. actually, Yoko gave him, handed him... Right. Uh, it depends on who you believe. It's either four songs, or I think Neil Aspinall two had claimed cassettes. it was two cassettes worth of five or six songs. Right. So, in any case, um, I think it, it's been documented that there were four songs given to the three Beatles, which were Grow Old With Me, Now and Then, right. Real Love, and Free as a Bird. And it accidentally had Lady Marmalade by LaBelle tagged at the end of it for whatever reason, but Paul decided not to finish that one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, he did Oue Lo Soleil. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. He could have done, you know. Voulez-vous. Which actually means, where is the sun? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? No, no. Oue Lo Soleil. Where is the sun? Okay, thank you, Mr. Frenchman. <laughs> hey, I took French. Oue okay. is where is. Le Soleil is the oh sun. Oh, my God. Wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I took French, too. I have to go oui. Okay? Yes. <laughs> thank you. Well, oh, my that. goodness. So we've now discussed Uwe Le Soleil. I'm just saying, you know, some people Talk about don't a sidetrack. All right. Isn't it ironic, though, that, and Yoko even said it, you know, she was there when the Beatles broke up. She did not break up the Beatles. That's she was right. sitting on an amp. <laughs> Wasn't she? Sitting on an amp? <laughs> sitting on an amp. That's always Yoko sat on an amp. That's why the Beatles broke Thank up. Thank you. That's why they broke up. <laughs> That's why they broke up. <laughs> but isn't it ironic, though, that the woman who, quote, broke them up, actually brought them back together again with John's songs. Yeah, she did, she could have said no. She could have said, screw you guys. She could have. Yeah, I'm going home. And you? I, I think you it pass? was... I, no, I, I don't pass. No, I think it was the perfect vehicle. I think it was the perfect thing to do at that time. I mean, really, you, you kind of had a choice of doing... What, I mean, had the anthology come out yet? The Lennon anthology? No, not yet, right? No, no, yeah. no. So that was still a gleam. Afterwards. Yeah. So, I mean, what better way to kind of get a renewed interest. I mean, I'm not saying she did it for selfish purposes, but let's face it. You're putting John back in the public eye and in the spotlight, just as you were the Beatles. Yes. And the focus was around John as a concept because not God as a concept, not God as a concept. No, but, but the focus was on John as the concept, yes. you know, as the whole thing came together. So it was a great vehicle. I think it was, a great and it was also, I think a really good way for maybe Yoko and, and Paul to 
sort of make amends a little bit as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, the definitely. business Absolutely. side of it, as Paul said, yeah. we can only do this as the three Beatles and with Yoko's help after the business side was all settled. Right. Because, you know, he didn't even come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because the business side wasn't settled. Um, right. And, and it's very ironic, too, that, you know, George and Ringo were up there representing the Beatles. I would have loved it if they would have gotten up on the jam and done Ballad of John and Yoko, you know, <laughs> and said, screw you, Paul. And No, but, but honestly. Well, Mick Jagger sang I Saw Her Standing There that night. Sort of saying it. Um, anyway, so, you know, it's ironic that Yoko's given them a tape, and then they bring it to the Beatles. And, but Yoko puts conditions on them. Wow. She said, if the, yo, she said, well, Paul actually said to her, um, don't put, well, she, don't put she, conditions on this, but, she, but he but also he agreed. He gave her right of final refusal. Right. I mean, you know, basically, if it came out. <clears throat> on behalf of the other two on, before yeah. he spoke to them. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, typical I, Paul. There, there would have been no other way around that. I, I think that it was a formality that Paul did it casually, I should say, with Yoko. I'm sure that the estate took care of that concept. I'm sure Apple took care of that concept. It's got to be. Isn't Apple still run that everybody gets the equal yeah, vote, I, and if someone says no, it doesn't happen? Yes, yes. that's So nowadays. it was going to be the same kind of thing probably back then. I don't think so. I think this was all handled hush-hush before, you know, everything before got... Before went... Well, yeah, I'm I do. by the time it got to Apple, that, that caveat would have had to be in well, place anyway. Well, the three of them were there, probably. so you know, when they got the tapes, you know, the... And she gave them to it, so the, right. it's going right. to be agreed upon. Mostly. But like George and Ringo said to Paul, what, what if we love it? And Yoko doesn't like it. We we just did a Beatles song, so to speak, and right, we can't put it Yoko's out because Yoko said no. You think she's going to say no? She's not going to say no. Would have been really funny. I would. Depends on what the tea leaves said that day. <laughs> My God, you know, not she does. Good, not good to I add voice. <laughs> that was so racist. <laughs> but no, it was just Yoko. It wasn't being a very... I'm just saying that's the... Remember hearing Yoko speaking voice at the time. That she's going to move over to you a little bit. No. <laughs> so, so, wow. so Tony does British and Yoko. And voice. Asian accents. Oh, okay. It's not even it's Yoko. Uh, Yoko's not Asian? Oh, whatever. She's a New Yorker, let's be honest. She's, she's, a, New oh, she's a New Yorker. That's a new... Hey, I'm not doing it then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. So now there's now they get these songs, and let's just assume there's the four of the songs. Obviously, everybody's heard now and then, right? The fake one. This how many versions of that on floating on YouTube? Well, people right. have been taking their and doing their own version of it. Right. So it's not that's not the real version. No, no, it's not the Beatles at all. Right. And it's just people doing it. But you know, I, I we'll get to "Free as a Bird" and "Real Love" in a minute. But what does everybody think of now and then as a demo? You've heard How it. many people have heard uh, now and then the demo? All right, a timeout. You see, on the air, go. people can't see this. <laughs> so if you could just say, eh, for our, for our, there we go. There we go. Fair, meh, and eh. Okay, all the eh words, that's excellent. Wow. Yeah, it is just okay, but it, the bridge is actually really good. You know, every now and then I miss you, that's really nice. And and most people, the sycophants of festdom or beetledom always say, oh, that's written about, you know, about Paul and John Who Rundin. knows? Yeah, it, it could be Who knows? about Yoko when he was away from Yoko. So you read about Elton John. Who knows what he was thinking? We don't, don't think know. it was about Elton John. You never know. What about Harry Nilsson? Or Harry Nilsson. Who Harry? knows? Yeah. Or May Pang. Yeah, Very good. May Pang. Imagine, that, go. <laughs> imagine that he's writing about May Pang. No, Yoko, it's you. <laughs> May Pang's in the back going. <laughs> 
Don't take my stuff off the remixes. Sorry. <laughs> nice. Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> exactly. So, no, but actually now and then I think would have been a kind of cool song to, if they tried. I, but I agree with George that it's kind of plotting and, I, and I, not finished. And, and they didn't even, I think they attempted it once and George said to hell with it. And Paul I, I said, also okay. think at that point George was getting sick of doing this. Well, maybe, I didn't want to say Paul. I didn't want to say Paul because... But um, but that brings up a good point. There is a thing where you know I, I just saw it uh, yesterday. They're doing Blue Moon of Kentucky, yeah, and a couple of raunchy. Well, we'll get to that. Okay, right. I don't want to get to that now well, because but, that's but actually all you do is you look at George, and George is like saying, "Shut the." Oh, <laughs> hey, yo, uh, hello, we're on the air now. Oh, that's right. We'll edit that. Yeah, but, we, yeah, we will. You'll hear that. You you're going to hear one of Tony's famous whoop during that one. So, right. No, actually, we always said to do a, uh, a beep. We're always going to put in the ruddles. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be like, shut that, the ruddles up. <laughs> but I mean, you got, you got to figure with now and then, though. I mean, if they would have had to have written lyrics, could you, I mean, could you really have seen Paul and, and uh, George agreeing on lyrics well, well, that to an up, unfinished section? That brings up a good like, point, because I was going to talk about the tensions between... Maybe he's saying, I miss the Lord, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Paul's going, what? You know, I mean... You, well, again, that does bring up something that did happen in the studio. Yeah. There was a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot. There were some tensions, which Paul himself said there were. But first, let's start with... Now they get in the studio, and before they get in the studio, they have to pick a producer. Okay, right. so they Paul right away says, "Oh, we've got to give it to George Martin because George Martin was with us, and he was the Beatles guy, and and we do it." And George says, "No, why don't we use Jeff Lynne? Because he we need someone with now ears." But because, right, but <laughs> not George Martin. He, I mean, he was a established producer, but he wasn't a now producer. I think he was there because George wanted. But you don't life. think George Martin was out of the running? I mean, it, it seems to indicate that George Martin was out of the running almost on his of his own accord. Yes, but but I but, mean, George didn't. George was having he had hearing issues. Yes, but, but but I don't buy that. You I, know, I mean, I buy. I do buy that he was I having hearing either. issues, but, but I don't no, no, buy he, that he, he could have been the producer. He Correct. Did, he did love. He did the. Uh, he did grow old with me on the John Lennon anthology. He did the arrangement for while my guitar gently weeps. He had not stopped. It may be, he, did, he did it in my life. And his ears were suddenly open for them, yeah. but not for the Beatles? I, I think what happened was he, as the gentleman he was, said, you know what, I'll step back. Okay, That's now that I, Rob is wrong, no. let me tell you what really happened. Oh, you were there. I was. You didn't oh, know that? Oh, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm actually Yoko. Yes. Um, the fly on the wall disc. I, the, the, when, which when is so good. When you went so to good. speak to Neil Aspinall about... When I went to speak, right, I talked to Neil and he said, no. No, honestly, here's what I think, and I'm, I, I could be wrong as well. You are. You are. <laughs> go on. Oh, look at that. You are, but go on. No, Continue, uh, my friend. I really think that my friend, wow, that check cleared. Um... <laughs> Honestly, I think that what happened was that Paul was appeasing George Harrison yes. in order to have George continue in the sessions because George really wanted no part of this. I, I have to be honest. I think so. I, I think he was intrigued by it. I he think. Was, yes, he asked about the music, so yes. he wanted a little bit of it. But I think, you know, working with Paul, the video for Real Love when Paul's, oh, nice motor, nice motor. I, I want to just, yeah, I think he tried to appease well, George Harrison quotes, to stay and in his good graces. so many quotes from Paul McCartney about I thought this song should be like a Gershwin song from the 40s, but then we realized that wasn't going to work. What was he thinking when he said that? How are they going to do a Gershwin song? Gershwin Gers is good. Type? Yeah, he is, but not for that, not nice. for that tape of, of Free as a Bird. But if you, had, you know. if you had had George Martin on it, you might have gotten something with big orchestration and that, et cetera. That is true. That's but true. the reality is, too, that you know part of that seal of approval when it comes to it going to Jeff Lynne as opposed to 
I mean, with all due respect, you know, someone wonderful like a Russ Titleman or something like that. Well, who knows? But yeah, but Jeff but was the closer reason, to George. Jeff was closer to George, but it's also the idea too that Paul, whether he heard it from Jeff or, but the story went that John himself was an ELO fan, right? So if you're well, going to say, he knew what they borrowed from the people, of course. But but had you had you had John in the room. And George had said, oh, you know, hey, John, why don't we get I don't think John, Jeff Lynn. I don't think George would have said anything. I think it would have been John saying this. Well, you're probably right. <laughs> John would have been like, we're getting whoever we get, whatever, you know. But, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And also, Ringo actually broke up the tension in the room. Reportedly, he said to Jeff Lynn, hey, Jeff, you know why ELO broke up? And Jeff said, why? He said, because they ran, out, figure of out, ran out of Beatle riffs to, to rip us <laughs> off on. So it sort of broke the tension. Well, it's true, though. It, yes, it you is know. true. But you know and, what? And we though? should say, you know, Jeff Lynn gets knocked a lot. But you know what? He worked with Ringo. He worked with Paul afterwards on yes, Flaming Pie. So, pie. you know, Paul either did that to make things seem like everything was okay, or maybe he actually liked working with them. I think, I think after the fact, Paul probably liked it because obviously the anthology was uh, right before flaming pie right. and during those sessions so you know obviously they like working together but i think paul was a little hesitant in the beginning because he said sure. you know it's really george's camp that's now being the producer of the new Beatles. I, and i also think that paul did not want to be the guy who who had george walk away it could have happened i mean the fact that it took a, a, like another year to do the second song is, yeah, is, but could you imagine if that had gotten into the press? That's what I was just about to say. Could you imagine if, like, jo you know, George and Paul have this blowout because Paul won't let Jeff Lynn produce, and then it gets into the papers that Paul McCartney breaks up Beatles reunion. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow, talk about being on like the universal <laughs> list. It's like yikes. <laughs> That's wow. true, though. I mean, good God. You, well, again, he was playing yeah. nice. I think he was playing nice. I think so, but I, th I think there's no reason why. Jeff Lynn wouldn't have been brought in. If George had never worked with Jeff Lynn, I think that Jeff Lynn might, and I could be wrong too, but Jeff so. Lynn might have been on a short list of producers. A very I short think. list. And, and well, yeah. George Martin always said, well, the anthology itself was the better thing to work on and the bigger thing to work on. And he's probably right about that. But then again, Jeff Emmerich was one of the engineers on, right. on this stuff. So, right. you know, obviously getting Jeff Emmerich in there to capture some of the right miking that maybe Jeff Lynn might have went a little crazy on. I think it was very important. Everyone thinks uh, that Jeff Lynn went crazy on Free as a Bird in Real Love. I don't think that at all. I don't think so either, yeah. I thought it was much more beatle than ELOE. Can, can I just tangent? ELOE? Tangentalize? Yeah. Go on a tangent for you a second. You go on a tangent, I'll go on a secant, I'll go on a cosine. <laughs> there you go. That's, 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 that's real humor. math here. Um, Which I don't it, do who, who here has heard the newest versions of Free the, as a Bird in Real Love DVD. on the OnePlus DVD. A lot of folks have. No one? Yeah, no, a lot wow. of folks have. Come on. All right, no, who, who, thinks, hey, who here thinks that they are an improvement over the originals? Okay, nice. okay good. So that's the majority. Only because I, I feel for, really that for the first time they are now officially part of the Beatles catalog. They, they, oh, they are well, now. I, I, we will I know, get we've to always that disagreed end. on that. But anyway, we go ahead. Disagreed. All right, so now they're in the studio recording. And the tensions arise because now the Beatles have to write stuff because John didn't finish Free as a Bird. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So now Paul even said a few tensions arose between George and myself, uh, but they quickly passed. All because George probably passed. said, I'm going to leave if you don't shut the hell well, up. Well, so. Also, I thought the lyric itself was a very good Paul lyric. And it came to going back to the middle. George decided to play his guitar, which I thought was actually George's way of commenting on the whole situation in the sense that whatever happened to the life that we once knew 
can we really live without each other? That's a Paul McCartney. That whole part was a Paul McCartney type thing. Is that thing. pure McCartney? Well, I wouldn't say pure McCartney. Are you Shameless plug. Are you talking about the no. four CD or the two CD? Oh, the four CD. Oh, of course. <laughs> Just kill me Whatever now. we get free. <laughs> <clears throat> no, seriously, though. Do you think that, again, because Paul sings the whole thing and right. George only sings half of what they both, quote, wrote together. Yeah, I, I think it was all Paul. I mean, it, it's a Paul type of thing. You know, Paul always needed the Beatles more than maybe the other guys. As, as a writer. Paul always needed the Beatles more than the other guys? Other than the other Who, guys. the Herman Shermans? Other than, no, the other, no other, but other than George and Ringo, Paul, you're saying, needed the Beatles more? In what I respect? think Paul always... If Paul or had, yearned to be I, back to I, them. I, Have I you heard thought... Roto-Gravure? <laughs> Someone needed the Beatles. <laughs> no, but if what any, I'm talking about is that I, I think yeah. Paul... Think about Paul as just going into the quarrymen. He never played with anyone else. You know, George played with other people... Ringo started from other people. John started the quarrymen. But when Paul gets into the quarrymen, he never did anything else. He but never, Paul, like, separated and said, well, I'm going to go play with the pacemakers but, this weekend. But Paul, out of, out, <laughs> of any of, well, out of any of the four, Paul was the only one post-Beatles who actually had another band. Right. And, and, uh, so and there a was a highly some, successful one. Yeah, but that's why, that's why I'm thinking, like, if anything, but he, I, I he thought, at least had already found, I won't say a replacement. You can't replace the Beatles. But he needed but, them. I think yeah, I always thought he needed them. Yeah. All right, interesting. I think he needed them. The I think he, he needed something. It. I think he needed something. You mean if he needed someone? No, I'm sorry. If it, anyway, no. <sighs> no, but really, I I don't know. I I think he needed the the other three, <laughs> not to write with, because he never wrote with Wings. Right. He just needed someone in the back. You he know. Wrote with Denny, but okay. yeah, he anyway. wrote with Denny. That's right. true. So anyway. All right. So now they do Free as a Bird. What does everybody think of Free as a Bird? Show of hands. Who likes? Show of hands. Who likes it? Excellent. Okay, All right, good. Most cool. All right, most, now, most I, have to, I have to be honest. I was sitting at the TV like everybody was, right? Do you remember sitting on that night and it said, a minute and 30, and John singing You Can't Do That from Australia? And it's counting down. And now I'm thinking, oh, my God, this better be good. I'm, I'll be honest. I was with my Beatle buddy, my friend, actually, who I've, I've known for over 40-something years now. And we both were totally into the Beatles. We've come to the fest together at 777 and 80. We bit hardcore. And we're sitting there watching the countdown, and then Free as a Bird starts, and it's and the video. So the video is brilliant. So, but we're listening for the music, and then the music starts, and this happens. Free as a bird. Was, I could not believe that that was the Beatles. It didn't sound right to me. I like it now. I like it a lot better now after the DVD One Plus came out. But what was everybody's initial reaction to that? <laughs> I'm just going to just repeat that for the sake of the recording, but a gentleman just said that Jeff Lynne has that very specific sound that came out in the snare hits, and that's that's they said that slow motion feeling going oh no, and it's true. It but that's true. that drum Strange. is was sort of used in Sexy Sadie. No, well, not again. If you think about it, no matter what, this new Beatles material is still coming out with new recording technology yes there was yeah. still going to be a different time. feel and a different vibe you know i mean i guess i don't know how much they were using that was analog i don't know well they did you know. say they wanted to they use wanted analog to go back equipment, and use they did equipment. as yeah. much as they could but i do agree what was interesting was i was in the room seeing it with second generation fans and first generation fans and i think it, it was interesting because the two and i say first generation fans you know, someone who really was there buying the first singles when they came out the first time. And he was affected, I think, more profoundly than I was because 
it was even beyond the music. He was just sat there and just started to cry the minute the song hit. And it was just that that feeling that, my God, they did this. Whereas it, the second generation fans, I think, believe it or not, we were a little more, because at first it was sort of this feeling of, oh, this is my Beatles single now. Like, I'm, I mean, I was around when they split. I was getting the really, really late music, you know, as it came out. But this was sort of going to be our first, wow, this is going to be the one that comes out like in our lifetime when we're collecting. And we're, and it hit and we all kind of went, ooh. You know, like it was like the RCA Victor dog. Er? You know, you looked and it was, whoa. No, that was real love, Alvin and you know, that, 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 was Alvin did, and the that did not bother me, the sound of John's voice sounding. It didn't sound like they were all, I mean, I know they it all. It was hard. The Beatles it was claimed hard. that it was a Beatle yeah. record and John it was, was in the Beatle record. Room. It, it, it was, it said it on the label. Well, but yeah. that doesn't mean it makes it, a, it just sounded a little disjointed to me. The CD single had some great bonus tracks. Sorry. That's true. <laughs> it did. <laughs> That's an interesting that point. That's a very interesting yeah. point. Good point Thank about good the Lost point, Lennon. Kevin. I was just saying about we, we had a few years of the Lost Lennon tapes before that came out, so we had grown accustomed to hearing John roll sounding like this or whatever it was <laughs> no. going on. No, I mean, we heard the cassette tape stuff that yeah. was on that, and that's true. I mean, but there know. were other versions that were better than the one that we heard, it seemed. Ironically enough, yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know. that is something. I remember hearing a cleaner version of what sounded like the version that was used on Free as a Bird. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why don't they use this one? It sounds, his voice sounds much better on this. Meanwhile, Yoko's going, I did that. Well, well, I, I always say. I did the wrong tape. I always, I don't no, I'm sorry. Was, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm being racist. I get, did that. I, I gave I, them I the think, wrong tape. I don't think Yoko was there with the uh, dual deck record and no, but, play and record. No, I know. I know. But you know what? There's a part of me that almost said, you know, not that she sabotaged it at all. I don't think no, so. Because no. she wouldn't do that. No. I mean, then they really would have been mad at her. But I think she did give them maybe not the best version of well, the she, song. Well, I hate to say it, but did they go back to her and say, gee, Yoko, you gave us five songs on two cassettes. We really love this one. Do you happen to know where the original cassette of just that one song I am is? Sure she, I mean, did that occur? Do we even know? I mean, I mean what, was maybe the, that's what happened what, now. Was the tape maybe, part of the cassette machine that he put on his piano? Right. And then right. play and record. We got, right, is right. That re so we honestly, when it was over... And you all watched it. What Loved was your it. initial reaction Loved to it? it. Oh. You, 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 you know, I was talking about Paul and the second verse, which I didn't read because I forgot it. Now I have the lyric in front of me. Well, this is the second one, which is all Paul. Uh, it has to be. Where did we lose the touch that seemed to mean so much? It always made me feel so, and then goes back to free as a bird. To me, that is Paul McCartney saying, hey. This, is he talking to John? He's talking to... The Beatles, and he's talking to John, and talking to himself, probably. Well, you're aware of the idea that here's Paul writing, whether or not he and John are writing it in a room together, or he's writing it to a cassette tape that he, he's gotten from Yoko, he's still going to be writing a song that's acknowledging that this is the first time we're together in X number of years. Well, what happened? So, you again, it's that kind of thing where I do agree with the idea that Paul turned around and said, we got to treat this as if John started the song, said, you know what, guys, I got to go on holiday or I got to go on a break. I'm leaving this with you guys. I trust you. Finish it. Sort of like Abbey Road. <laughs> <laughs> the entire album. I'm going to yeah, have a car accident uh, and I'll come back and put you, you guys just, in the bed. Yeah, and, let me know what happens. And we'll, but, but, but Paul did talk about, you know, one of the things we was talking about with Paul again, he said, Paul, and, and Paul, the line Paul. was that John trusted us. Like, this is like Paul 
going into Netherland or something, and I'm not talking about Michael Jackson, I'm just talking about there's a nervousness about him handling the song, being part of the song, I think, at least in my theory about how this song came to be, that he is really not afraid, but he's worried that it might not work. And I really think that, and the thing was that John said to us, I trust you. And I'm like, well, John's dead. You know? No, but I, I understand where he's going. And, and it's, the, it's the idea of how he had to mentally approach it, I think. I don't know if he was doing it as an excuse or it's just the idea that, you know, if you're going to go back and approach this material, you know the whole world is watching and listening. And you are really, really going out on a limb, no matter what. So the idea is, okay, great. I got this demo of John Lennon's that's unfinished. Well, you know, now what? How am I going to look at this? Do I look at it just as, yeah, he's been dead for this many years, and now I'm going to take a tape of my dead friend and record it? You've got to look at it and say, he's not here. He's in the next room working on another track, and what am I going to do with this? I think it's the only way he could have gotten by. He pulled Ringo the in the room way. and did, why don't we do it in the road again? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> no, but, but I think it's the only but, way. All right, so now, that, now Free as a Bird is over, and the next night comes. I'm not even talking yet about real love, but the next night is coming. Is the anticipation for that second song high? Or was the bar lowered a little? Or were you totally into hearing another new song? The way I looked at it was the first day, if you want to look at it that way, was like fantastic. I was happy as hell. I was like, I want to hear this again. I worked were you at, happy with the song or were you happy that it had happened? I was, I was ecstatic I was that it had happened. Event, I was happy right. that it happened. I was happy that it happened. I was happy it didn't suck. And I was, <laughs> no, and it I was didn't happy. suck. No, no, no. It I, was, it, I know that, but right. I was happy it also was good. Now, I worked at a, a radio station at the time, KJOY, and the thing about I remember about that night is I was at KJOY, and I'm watching it on a 13-inch television. I taped it at home, but I'm working at the station. Now, I'm not a, I wasn't working as a DJ. I was working as a board op. And the program director said to me, at 11 o'clock, they're going to send a feed, and I want you to tape it. Except he screwed up. It was supposed to be 11 o'clock Pacific after the West Coast feed happened, and then you'd hear Free as a Bird. So I'm like, oh, this is so I was listening and, and watching it, and I was at work, and I remember it. And I wanted to hear a clean copy because the 13-inch television, obviously, is not going to sound. And you're hearing it through a little tiny that's screen. That's good. Yeah. Sounds even worse. And yeah. it, like I said, it didn't come over until like 3 o'clock in the morning. But I was very happy with this. And, I, and the next day, I was even more excited. Were I, you hoping that the next song was going to be better or equal or what? Better. Honestly. I just wanted to continue the, the run they were on with the Free as a Bird. Okay, and Tony? Uh, I think I was, I was looking forward to it. I don't think the bar was lowered. I also think at that time I had an understanding of recording, you know, by then. I, was, I mean, I was old enough and I'd done enough in the world of audio and things like that that I knew what they were up against. So to me, I knew they were trying to, what's the old line? You put a tuxedo on a goat, still, still a goat. goat. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, I was trying to rationalize in my mind. Well, how the hell did they do this? How the hell did they pull it off? By then, we knew that vocal and piano were connected on the demo, and how would they manage to make it sound that good? I okay. still wasn't loving it, well, but so, I knew what they'd been up against, and I thought, hell, great accomplishment. The thing about Free as a Bird, I should say, is this is one of the first times on a Beatle record you hear in George's slide, the way he plays right. it. And that brings up right. another good point, though, because Paul was leery of that slide. He actually went to Jeff Lynn and said, I don't want him doing slide. It's yeah, going to sound like My Sweet Lord. Right. It's like, how would on. that have sounded like My Sweet Lord? Really? Actually, I mean, I, I don't know. By show of hands, who agrees with me? I will say that the guitar playing on Free as a Bird and Real Love are some of the best 
George Harrison licks on record. I mean, I is agree. that agreed or? There you go. I, I mean, yeah. and then the fact that yeah, they actually definitely. changed those licks now with the new one to make them not as good. I don't know what happened there. I, I just, don't, I don't, I'm still down don't. with the new ones, though. No. I like the new ones. Uh, okay. Uh, we agree to disagree. Uh, now, you see, I'm... I'm gonna all right, so now real love comes out. All right, uh, and again, the, it took a while for this one the, yeah. to record the second song, yeah. probably because George didn't want to yeah. see Paul's face for a while. That could be. <clears throat> and Ringo was just in the other room, you know, and Ringo's, writing about an octopus, R you know. Ringo, Ringo's always... The thing about Ringo is he, he'll play with anyone, you know, and that's the beauty of Ringo. Yeah, I Except think... he won't play Frankenstein. No, he won't. He walked off the stage. I always wondered, uh, I'm going to wait to hear Ringo play Frankenstein and really show his chops, and then he goes, see ya. I got to, you know, when I that saw him in Palm Springs. He didn't do Carnival Nine Palm. with the LP either on that tour, so really, come on, you know. That Sorry. was him. <laughs> it's pretty sad. Looking a lot like the... Sheila E., but anyway. I was, a... yeah. well, I was about to e. say, was... Sheila E., when she kills him in drumming, then you know he's getting old. <laughs> anyway, she's actually really good. Phenomenal. But she played Frankenstein really well. But anyway, I digress. But the you. real shush, real love comes out, and what's the initial reaction to real love? Uh, it's you can tell it's more of a straight-ahead recording, and also the much thing, more of a pop song. Much more of a pop song, and the thing that got me was in a good way or bad way. Um, in a just an observational way, I, I think of like Hey Jude. You know, Paul didn't want the fills that George wanted to put in there. Right. Of course. These right. fills. I'll play what you are. Something that maybe George would have added to, you know, Hey Jude. Do, I do, do, do. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Thank you. It really is that. It's. I really thought, however many years later, it was George finally saying, well, I finally get to do yeah. those yeah. pull and response guitar yeah, lines. I, I thought about like, that. Yeah, and you can't do anything exactly about it. it yeah, and, and you Jeff can't Lynn do producing. it. <laughs> <laughs> He's leaving him in. And Yoko said she liked it. So that was to me when I heard it, and I was like, you know what? You know this is, and George likes to play that way anyway. He likes those fills. Yeah, Paul doesn't. Yeah. No, that's not really Paul's style. No, Paul puts really bad backing vocals all over the place. Sorry, he does. Uh, really? Yeah. Like on what song, Tony? On, on I don't know, on a bunch of wings thing. Anything. Uh, I, but see, for me, real love, and I always kid, where I say, you know, just like Alvin Simon and Theodore, and in the, oh, in, in the really lyrics, is. it sounds like they sped up the voice a lot, and then Paul adds that high part which you don't hear unless you're a dog, but he adds that high part right. to John, which sped up now sounds even faster for right. some reason. Right. And it's very high. And, and initially, I wasn't in love with it. I think it's a much different song, well, a much the, the, better the pop song. The song was indeed, it, it was sped up to an E flat. And it's now been brought now, back down a half step, and, if I'm not mistaken, right? Everyone right. notice and it's been brought down now a half step. Now, the thing I like about the redo... Yeah. Is the guitars are, are really higher than the mix. ring? Everything sounds and, absolutely and that beautiful. That's what I like. But actually, when I hear John singing it in the normal speed, it actually sounds slow. And no, I understand because no. it's ingrained in your brain. The no, other but one. I understand why they sped it up a little bit just to to make it so it wouldn't drag. No, it was it was come on. That was the Chipmunks. That it was, really uh, was. Chipmunks. It's real love. Yes, it's really real. Yeah. I mean, come on. That was the Chipmunks. It really was. Is that Albert or Simon? I don't know. It was. It was Theodore. Uh, it he was, was always the last well, one to record. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were doing it without Dave in the room. So, sorry. <laughs> I, I will tell you a, a, a personal story. I was in London in February of 96 with my buddy. We were actually there for, to talk to Apple about my book. And the real love promo was coming on. as a, So we were going to be one of the first ones to hear it. And I was walking in Piccadilly Square, and all of a sudden, this song came on. 
and they had a video at the top. It wasn't the video we all know because that wasn't done yet, but they had a video that accompanied the song. So it was just a bunch of hearts and all that. But I got to tell you something. It gave it a really weird feeling being in London, hearing a new Beatles song in the open air, you know, out in Piccadilly. It was a weird, very odd, cool, weird feel. It was very cool, but it was also very odd. Uh, I didn't know how to, I wanted to jump up, and nobody else was jumping up. Everybody was like, oh, that's a Beatle. Uh, but I was, uh, but it was. Oh, new Beatles song. Yeah. Well, well, We're they, British. We're unfazed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. Who, who have you killed tonight? The British, the Asians. Go for it, you New Yorkers. No, uh, but honestly, it had a different excitement for me there. Right. And then when I got home and played it, I expected some British guy to come in and say, you hear this? Because you know, it never gave me that feeling again until the DVD one plus. And mm. the one thing I really get crazy about with the Beatles, today's record store day, right? That's where we record this. I always said that the Beatles should have because you don't get the audio for the second DVD, the Beatles should have put out a single with the remixed Real Love and Free as a Bird together as a record store day. That would have been great. And I think not only would that have been scooped up. It's also 20th anniversary, isn't it? Yes, it is. Of Real Love. That's why we're doing the show, right, 20th anniversary. So if they would have done that, you would have had a nice single from the Beatles on record store day and be represented instead of having a Paul McCartney 12-inch version of the remix of Say, Say, Say. Just to let you know, we have pressed a bunch. They're in Mitch's trunk. So if you want any, we've come sorry. Yeah, we oh. do have the real love. And, no, with a picture sleeve. No, but uh, that also would have been a good push to maybe have Apple release the CD of It would have been a good time second. to do it. You know, and it we have both versions on it. You, know, you can do your comparisons. I got to ask you guys a question. One of the things about these two songs are that they had very distinctive videos. You know, Free as a Bird, 75, 100 mentions, and you find Different more songs, as, you go, yeah. as you go along. And Real Love, you actually see the making of the record. How do you think, if we didn't see those videos, would we approach these songs differently? Oh, that's a good question, because Real Love, it's kind of odd. There are some nice moments where George is smiling and being happy. Which is great. Absolutely. You know, and, and of course, Paul is happy. But then again, they, on the new DVD for OnePlus, they right. made Get Back look like the Beatles were having a great time in the studio for well, Apple. You know. So, well, you know, you can make it any way you want. Well, that's, cut that's it any true. way you want. You can cut but it. There, but I, I also but, but thought that's there was the some, way we saw it, though. Yes, but I got so crazy at one point when Paul is like swaying back and forth with George and Ringo, and George just looks like, oh, God. You know, it's like, stop swaying. But he did then give him the embrace, you know, when he right, left. Right. So, yeah. you know, all those little moments in the studio, we don't have many Beatle moments in the studio. I no. mean, we have Lady Madonna slash Hey Bulldog, and we have And I Love Her, and we have a couple of little snippets, but we don't see the Beatles in the studio at all. Well, just a, a quick no. poll to anyone in the, in the audience. Was there anyone who experienced either of those songs for the first time apart from the video? Yeah, I mean, everybody no. sat and watched the ABC. Everyone saw the ABC special, so... Yeah, I mean, for me, I happen to actually have not been able to watch the second showing. So oh. I heard the second one, Real Love, before I saw the video. The video. And for me, I think I was a little more impressed with the song uh -huh. overall. But the chipmunk thing really just freaked me right out. Okay, so now... Uh, the speed freaked me out. But, let's but, get, but let's that, then when I saw the video, I, I loved the video. I thought the video was wonderful. Well, there's actually two versions of the video. But I was seeing it the way one would have heard a song on the radio and then seen the video on MTV. Yeah. 
you know, a few weeks later. So it was, you know. It was I, I actually liked the video because it showed, you know, it was almost like the video for something where each beetle has their mate. And, and that's what Real Love was about as well. It had, you know, obviously George and Olivia right, and right. Ringo and Barbara and Paul and Linda yeah. and John and Yoko were well, represented. Just, yeah, they're all represented. Jeff Lynn and his, and his uh, board, mixing board. <laughs> yes, he was in love with that. He was in love with his mixing board. No, but all right, so now we get back to... The original topic. Well, at one, hand. one more thing about. Uh, see, Colombo. Who heard? <laughs> who hears the show? Come on. Uh, well, isn't he Colombo? Every you, time we do the show. Tell the truth. Isn't there a drinking game for this by now? Just yeah. Like, every time he says just one more thing. Sometimes you speed talk, Mitch. So you know, I got to, I got to sneak it's in there. It's been forty-five minutes. How have I well, sped? That, but think about it. They used the piano demo for Real Love. Yes. We know because it was released on the Imagine John Lennon album right. that there's an acoustic, acoustic guitar version. version. What if the Beatles had worked on that version instead of the piano version? It's a very clean the, version, too. Yeah, it yeah, is. Extremely. And the thing about Real Love, the beginning part, do 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 do, that was actually taken from the middle of the song and they put it at the beginning. And yeah. that it sounds was, so was, demo y in, in, was, in the actual was, release. It was pieced together more, maybe that even free as a bird, because they had to take little pieces to get the beeps out and all that other yeah. stuff. Sure. So, what if they'd use the acoustic version? Also, Real Love was. Almost recorded for Double Fantasy. It's on a list. It's pretty complete. It, yeah, and there was a list of songs John wanted to do for Double Fantasy, and Real Love was at the top or at the bottom. I forget which one. Well, now, but it was on the list. But it's funny you mentioned the acoustic version because if anybody hears the new one, the remix, instead of the demo-y piano which you hear in the release version, you, hear the, the you now hear a strum of the acoustic guitar, yes. which I think gives it a total different feel. Right from the beginning. Well, they also it's, lowered the key, too. Yeah, yeah, yes, but before you yeah. even hear them singing, you hear that strum, and you say, this is not the same song. No, no. And no. it was weird, and it was good. I liked it a lot. I think when you first heard, you see the piano hitting the water in the video, right, right. it sounds like a demo, and then it gets better, but uh, I think they actually made it sound less demo-y now. It, it's funny because Free as a Bird, the redone version for One Plus, there's a change in George's vocal. Yeah, there's more guitar parts, and I'm not sure I would have liked that version compared to the version that came out. In but the, it would have been the one that was ingrained in your brain, so you wouldn't no, like the one no, that no, they no, did now. The one that's on One Plus to me sounds like it's missing pieces. It's almost like only because you know what was released. Right. 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 Yes. See, to me, the only thing that that's a little bit frustrating right. about oh, about oh, these new versions right. only being on the One Plus is that for this next generation that's coming up of future. Beatle fans, still really the only representation on CD in the catalog are the versions that are on the anthologies. So some young fan hearing what the Beatles did in the studio, you know, 1990s, is still hearing those two versions as opposed to what's on one plus. So to me, somewhere down the road, they've got to do what you're suggesting because even if it becomes the, like the version that's cut? on iTunes or on uh, and on Spotify and all that, but one way or another, we've got to lose. Not say we have to, but those early two versions, especially because a lot of it had to do with the newest capability of the technological well, means. But, they, that but the two versions that came you know, out are definitely different. Well, they're different. They're, yeah. So, so to get rid of the originals would. Isn't really correct. Listen, I guess either. yeah, you keep them both. You keep Time them out. both, the, but the, the, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> The argument for keeping everything is eight days a week on the new one CD right, remix. Well, Has anybody uh, heard eight days a week on the new remix? Yeah. Has anybody heard the last 
part of that song <laughs> where both versions are flying in and At you think, oh time. my God, yeah. Paul didn't know what he was doing, Ringo didn't know what he was doing, and because both of them, if you now you're going to go home and it's going to be an earworm because you're going to listen and go, oh my God, I didn't even notice that. You'll now you're not going to be able to listen again. to the new one D- that CD. Is, we so that's the argument for not getting rid of everything because not all the remixes were great, but that's a different topic. A, that, but that was... getting back to why we, we said the Threedles, a success. So now Free as a Bird goes to number six. On the chart in the states, in yeah. the states, yeah, and real love. real love goes to number eleven. Eleven, okay, without any airplay, it's all correct. Based on Would sales. have been cool if they'd both just gone to number nine. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> is that a success? I mean, I'm, we'll get to yes, other successes. Whoa, okay, wait, I'm just not even done. <laughs> you jumped all over me. <laughs> is it's a commercial success? Yes. Okay, now, free as a bird is on what? I didn't know where you were going with that yeah, question either. either. <laughs> then I won't ask you. Wait, wait, on. ready? Let me let me lead you in then. Yes. Fraser Bird was on Anthology One, right? Real oh. Love was on what? Anthology Two. Oh my God, they got it. See how I threw my voice? Wasn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the dummy? No, uh, Schneider. Anyway, sorry. No, and I asked that because Fraser Bird was on the first one, and to me, again, it's just my opinion. The first anthology was really, really exciting because you got all that stuff, like in spite of all the danger and, and really weird stuff that you didn't know existed, obviously. No one sure. did. And we got that. And it was really cool to hear. But it was not my favorite period of the Beatles. You know, my favorite was anthology, too, because you got that's when the Beatles really kicked in to be the Beatles. Right. Again, the historical stuff is great. The first anthology sold like eight million copies, I believe. It did. It had Free as a Bird on it. It did. Real Love was on... What, Tony? Huh? Okay. <laughs> Anthology 2, and that one sold, I believe, 6 million. Anthology 3, which sold 2 million, had what new Beatles song on it? Nothing. 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 So, did those two songs make the first two anthologies a bigger success? Or I think, was it I just coincidence? I have to be honest. I think we could do a typical Fab Four Free For All two and a half hour episode on just that idea. <laughs> because, no, because, time because right really, here. no, realistically speaking, and look, I love that stuff too, but there's something about that. And don't we leave off an anthology too? Correct me if I'm wrong. That's got Strawberry Fields on it and everything, right? That goes up to where? Yeah, it's the beginning of this two goes up to uh, across the universe. Yeah, so the the problem is, once you're sort of getting into Anthology 3, I think you're at an era where among, not 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 us, not us like hardcores, but among the average Beatle listener, I don't know if that period is as defined. Early Beatles. Well, my sister loves the early Beatles. That's what she'll always say. I love the early Beatles. And then I love the psychedelic Beatles. And then there's that stuff that happened at the end. Like there's yeah, but everybody says it's the Abbey later Road. Beatles is the best. No, Beatles, but it, it, so granted, it's, cooler. it's Abbey Road. It's but I don't know. I have to wonder whether or not the psychedelic period seemed to have all of this. You know, you wanted to hear the Strawberry Fields demos. You wanted to hear it all come I didn't together. Want to hear Polythene uh, Pan uh, sixteen well, times. I mean, and it's not just that, but you also have the winter of their discontent on that. You've got Let It Be on that. So I think a lot of people, a lot of I, casual fans, or I, I don't know if that third. Disc was okay. an era. Well, that, hold it, hold it, hold it. Let me, let But me, anyway, we could go on that for one thing days. about you know they put on that George Martin thing, the beginning thing, which 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 was a nice you know, little gift for George Martin. Let's be honest, right? He got a nice payment for that. But what if <laughs> because you, he hadn't made any money previously well, on the Beatle you know, records? He, you know, they, well, he was a hired gun at the end. 
Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, shrimp it is. But He's getting my, production my credits. It's something I thought of when I was. Who is that? <laughs> Jeez, when, when I was just took. Well, Jesus. Sorry. Colombo, you're up. Thank you. One of the things I noticed when I was going through this stuff last week is the fact that you just went free through this is last love week? and real love. <laughs> free is a bird. Months. Free is a bird and real love. Open the album. Correct. It's not at the end. Correct. And if you were to put this as a six disc one box set type of thing, would you put those two songs Ooh. at the beginning or at the That's end? That's a good question. One because and one. Because the Beatles want people to hear those songs. So. If you put them at the beginning, people are going to listen to the beginning song. But that's my point. If you put them at the end, people might not get to the end, or you know they'll be saying, "Oh, I listened to this album for an hour and ten minutes already. Let me get off it." But that's my point. They leave the seventeen third... seconds of silence at the end of the lesson. <laughs> but the third one seconds. was the least interesting anthology to me, at uh, least to me, and it was to the public because they had had enough of the anthology I, already. I, they only saw two million. You know what? When when I go to a used record store, what do I see all the time? Anthology one. Because really? it was the best selling. Yeah, and what and happened? Really most people were because it's the best selling. No, it's, it's not just that, but it's it's now. There's you, a lot of demos, weird. But you also stuff. always see these days in used record stores, whatever was the best selling, because that's ones that everyone's ripped to their hard drive and are now trading in the CDs to use. But but right. but, but also when people bought so, Anthology One, they're like, well, I expect this to be a well little better. It takes. Yeah. Yeah, eight the, million the excitement, but eight million the excitement people wore it. off after a bunch of years of but, but hearing like a, the rough quality. Yeah, stuff. it's a very rough, just, especially yeah. the the first half of the first disc. It's yeah. very rough. But that's what I'm saying. Only two million people bought Anthology three. And I thought it was twenty million for the three of them. So wait, are we gauging the idea that can we partly gauge the success of Freezer Bird and Real Love as songs by the idea that they were on the two? Much bigger selling anthology. Yes, because what I'm saying is the anthology three. If you would have had, for argument's sake, either now and then, either now and then or grow old with me, grow old with me, right. whichever. I'm just saying, any new Beatles song, right? Beatles song, would that have sold better? Would that be the driver for a better sales for the third anthology? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. no, maybe. Yeah. Yep. We have consensus. Yeah, consensus yes. here. Well, uh, anybody who says no, just leave. <laughs> no, just say it emphatically. Just say it emphatically. No, I'm not sure of that. I'm not sure of that. Then Ooh, you leave. You're the one. I, I can't leave. I'm no. up I didn't see anybody. I was looking over there. I didn't see you were going. <laughs> wow. No, but what I'm saying is we're that starting a new podcast called Two of Us. <laughs> oh, we, we, we used that joke already. You know, I have Tony, used it. Because Tony left a couple of weeks ago. Tony did leave, and, and then I left. On April Fool's Day, you left. And I, I did. I had to check. You were, you were down to you. I it was no, I, you were going to be I was, one. I was like, oh, it's April Fool's Day. Oh, thank God. Did I, I leave? just leaving. I don't remember leaving. We've all left <laughs> at one point. No, I wrote Sorry. my book. You were out. I know. Remember, I wrote my book about the Beatles' height, whatever. 855 the height of Beatlemania. Stages. The height of Beatlemania on yeah. April 1st. He yeah, wrote, the height 1st, of Beatlemania. John was 5'7". <laughs> how the average height of the Beatle fan. It was just, I figured it would be a great book. 800, 900 pages. And, I'll and be here people, signing it in a couple of years. His friends on Facebook actually bought into it. Go, Tony. Well done. That book on the the height of Beatlemania, and he actually the said five seven, five six, five, and his anyway. friends—that's his friends. Yeah. Well, so we, I think if there was a new Beatles song again, especially since the Beatles songs did go to six and eleven, true, without much airplay. No, not a. Not at all. And then the third one didn't sell. Going back to the original topic, were the Beatles a success? And the answer would be yes, because they had two hits out of it. They were able to work with each other. Even though there was some tension, they did work and put out two great songs, I think. You know, they didn't really work on the third one, but that's fine, too. 
Yeah, I mean, did they had to wait a year to do a song. That was the question. You know, 94, okay, well, let's take a year off. 95, oh, well, 96, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I honestly think that they needed, not, not Ringo, he was still at the drum kit for a year and a half, right. waiting for the others to come in the studio. And George and Paul were at their own studio going, I'm not going hey, back fellas. with him. Hey, fellas. See you guys out there. Oh. <laughs> Anybody well, see any yellow submarine? Uh, there, there was a all-star band tour in 95. Yes, there was. So that could have had something to do with it as well. <laughs> but also, yeah. I, I think another reason why it was a, a you know quote a success. I mean, aside from the songs themselves, it's also the idea that it was closure. Yeah. I mean, look, let's be realistic. The, you know, the Beatles didn't really break up. I mean, unless you want to look at January thirty first, nineteen seventy. I'm suing your asses. The Beatles ended with a whimper, not a bang. There was this gradual rot yeah uh, and dissolution and that was closure and, and you know sadly the first amount of closure were gunshots December yeah. but that was finally a resolution that was three men three men and and a woman and, you a, know, baby. and, and yoko and a baby and, and a baby right <laughs> no but three men and yoko also coming to an all-round compromise and compromising but, in different and it's ways also different done through you know, music they'd already figured out the business part right. earlier and this was the, put. That's the right. music. They had to the, almost That's go right. back and say, you know, let's do something good musically so right. it doesn't end with Long and Winding Road. Right. And even to say that, well, the business resolution is going to be the final resolution. Right. Well, we've solved all the business problems. Okay. Right. You know, no, maybe it was the idea of making music together that one final time. And who knew that we really didn't have much time left, left with George? George yeah. You know, so maybe that. Unto itself was the biggest measure of its success. Yeah. Aside from an internal success, not a commercial. An internal success, success, a success that twenty years later we're bringing those two songs up as a topic. The Beatles are known for their music. I mean, you can do books on the lawsuits they've had with each other. The height of Beatlemania. Right, but they they, (laughs) they were known for the music, and I think this was especially for Paul. I think for George too. I think that's why they only did two songs. He could have done a third song, but he, I think he said, you well, know what, two Paul is Paul says enough. he's right. going to do the last one well, by yeah, himself he, now. Well, we're still right. waiting. And, you know, yeah. How many more days we're going to wait for that? So just a show of hands, and we've asked this as a separate show topic, but we're gonna, I'm going to ask it now. Do you all consider Free as a Bird and Real Love as real Beatles songs in their catalog? Yes. Show of hands, Every, yes. Hands, yes. Excellent. Interesting. Okay. Almost I do now. You do now? I do now. I didn't. Until the DVD, really? I was just going to ask that. I didn't. I, always, I really genuinely I, didn't. I, I just. Did. It's funny. I don't think it had really anything to do with the fact that John wasn't there. That I didn't consider it part of the catalog. I think the so issue that I really had with it was the the Frankensteinian sound. It wasn't the concept that bugged me. It was hearing it. I just couldn't throw it in the pot with all that other incredible music and say it's it's part of it sonically now i i don't know why but i i mean you know it's the same ears but i can still i ab those songs and i still play the original version and go and i play the new one on one plus and i go but but here's you know finally it it all gelled it all works but isn't it odd that of all the Beatles songs on one and one plus the only two songs that jeff lynn or giles martin chose to actually change are those two songs why We really haven't heard. You know, have we heard why they 
No, but, but the, maybe they're not you, considered Why? actual. <laughs> maybe, no, but maybe they're not. They, maybe they don't really consider them as part of. It's a Beatles song, but it, you know, there's the Beatles catalog. It's the bloody Beatles. He, oh, stop it. I know. It's old. It's Beatles, whatever. But seriously, it's the only two songs that they really changed in any of because, that stuff. Because of the technology. Because the technology was there so to, wait a minute. to make those. We've heard Here Comes the Sun with a different solo with George in there. Right. Danny played it. Danny heard it. Ooh, that's my dad. Well, there you so, go. That's interesting. You're right. So yeah, why yeah. didn't they fly that solo into the, to Here Comes the Sun for the remasters or whatever? Why? Well, because that would have been something that you do want to remix on. You're right. You're right. But they chose those yeah, you're two songs right. to change. Yeah. It's just something yeah. to think about. I mean, that, I, it is something to think about. But the question is, why? That's more important. I, I don't get why they changed it. I understand. I can see enhancing I, it. I can see what they did with Real Love. You slow it down, and the, the guitars are not ringing. change a whole George it, lick. Yeah, Both that's, licks that's are changed the part. on Real and, Love. And, and the line that George sang has changed. It's changed. That's what was true. Wrong with with what, what he's saying true. now, it's, it's whatever happened to the love, the the, the it, love that it, we once knew. He says knew. life. He says right. life in the in the remix. So no, he says he love. says love in the remix. And re- love life in the original. Yeah. So why did they choose to just do those two songs? Because those weren't as precious as the other Beatle catalog from 25 years prior to that song. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. It's rhetorical. I'm not, I'm not asking. I just don't think that maybe even the Beatles thought, well. I think that is. It's the idea of it being sacrosanct. I think that the first. I'm sorry. Can you explain sacrosanct? Those, it's holy. It's those oh. first 14, whatever, however, those first albums. I wasn't taking my that SATs. Was, that was it. I mean, you, you can't touch any of those. You can. But you're going to call them a remix. Yes. I think those two, I think it's. It's right to say they're a remix. I mean, they're they a remastered are. and a remix. Yes. But I think they would be quicker to approach those because they're not holy. So does anybody they're think in, in the booklet it says that they were remixed and remastered by Jeff Lynne and Giles Martin? Right. Does anybody think Jeff Lynne was really involved with that? Did you think Anyone? Jeff Lynne went in the studio and said, you know what? I'm going to fly in a different George I think solo. George I mean, Jeff Lynne would love to have done that. Maybe, maybe Olivia it, told him to go in and do it. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I think Jeff Lynne would have loved to do anything with the Beatles. I think we should just get Jeff on the damn show and find out. What do you all think? We've all right. tried. Believe me. Let's we've get tried. Jeff on the damn show. We'll find out. Yeah, no, go, but as, as far go, as... Go do his ELO show. Yeah. His ELO show, yeah. So, uh, is everybody agree that the Threedles were a success? All right. Yeah, we, want to, we want to actually hear from you. So if, if you want to, yeah. I mean, you could talk about that or you could ask don't us feel any other af- Don't feel afraid of incredible mob mentality if you don't think it was a success. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is an extra mic we could throw at you. Said you would have I, thought I, that a new Beatles song would have gone to number one. Yeah. No, I, no. I, yeah. I, no? That's, that's because... The time period? And Al knows this. He's done radio and stuff. Radio would not play anything new by any new artist, any old artist, I should say. But it's the Beatles. It is the Beatles. And it's new. You know what? There's a lot of other bands who put out new stuff, and whether you like it or not, it should get at least two weeks to play, and it didn't. So they should put, you know what they should put on the label? Adele. I'll put Adele. I'll I'll quote Alan. They sell really well. No, you know who did that? The Alarm. The Alarm in Great Britain put out a song called 45 RPM, and they called themselves the Poppy Fields. And they put out uh, 18 old kids in the video, and everyone's saying, oh, this song is fantastic, this song is fantastic, it has so much energy. And then someone leaked that it was the alarm, they stopped playing it. <laughs> so, if the song is great, it doesn't mean it's going to get airplay, as we right. 
I'll quote, Anyone who works on radio knows. I'll quote our dear, beloved, departed friend and elder, Pete Fornatel, who would oh. say, because the single came out, quote, six years after radio officially started to <laughs> suck. <laughs> oh. That's right. We, but, we quote, right. But it did go great. top 10, and Real Love almost went right, top 10. Right. So, but but I, I agree with you. I, I really thought, oh, my God, I'm going to go and see in, in Billboard, the Beatles are at number one. And they were at number one with the anthology. So, the anthology so, was the biggest so, selling records of the year of nineteen. But you just contradicted yourself. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I said it's selling. It You'll listen back the, to the podcast. No, no. Now. I, no, I really. said that radio stations weren't playing. It doesn't mean it's not selling. Oh, okay, okay. now hear me. You just said radio the wasn't album, playing it. The album's going to sell, not the single. Why? Because right. albums Sorry. sell. But the anthology sold $8 million. Right. Real Love and Free as a Bird did not. But, no, the, but, but the but albums it, weren't but getting a lot of airplay either. No one was playing in spite of all the danger. It, 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 part of it at that no. point in the 90s, part of it was marketing. Because the reality is that I remember I was marketing music at that time. I was working with a department store music section. And when that album dump went up, I, I was in a Caldor store that really didn't carry singles. They didn't carry CD singles. At that time, if you remember, you got your CD singles really at tower records and a handful of mom and pops but you still had department stores with record departments cd departments i should say yeah. they only carried the albums and they had dumps and dumps and i mean you walked into my caldor store and i had a dump right in the front with anthology one and then a dump right when you walked into a dump is a huge display I was a about cardboard to say, display in walmart a, i've seen people dump actually dump the, yeah, but, <laughs> people of walmart and then and no. they just but dump. there's but there, there was a big cardboard display area with, with hundreds of copies of Anthology 1. And they were blown out of the store. And it was kids and adults. And, and the joke we were but making, the, it was the grandmas buying them for the grandkids. And the, the mothers and fathers buying them for the kids. But you said the, the CD singles had great stuff on both of them. It, it did. But where it was I'm going is, to buy. you were buying those singles. Well, technically they're EPs. You were buying those single. EPs at, there was at Tower. Single. You, yeah. it, the singles market. The cassette market, single was 49 cents. Right. Right, or, but but still though, you at that point the big singles market was still was like the dance singles, and it was still that era. It, CDs, full length CDs, were selling. The singles were the hot artists that the kids, and not a lot, to sound and a lot funny, of times, were going out to tower and grabbing the new and, single. And you the would Beatles notice, single if it was notice, on the Tony, album. A lot of times the single is made so cheap so it will sell as a loss leader. Yes. So yeah, you know, and then that like I said, I bought. Real Love and Free as a Bird on a cassette single for 49 cents a tower. They had it right next to the register. I'm yeah. like, I said, for 49 cents, I, I have to buy it. Even this. you would buy it. I right. had to buy it. Right. You broke but out that dollar bill. I broke it out. But radio did not touch these albums. No. It was sold. No. Think about it. The, I played it. The lead up. Oh, and 50 people heard it. But my show was called Beatle Tracks. So if I didn't play the, it, I would have The lead up to. Every Monday night, 7 to 9 p.m., WCWP 88.1 FM. So. Oh, no, no. Nice plug for the show. <laughs> Don't forget Beatle Tracks. Shameless songs. plug. Fridays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., 90.3 FM, WCWP. And if anybody wants to read about the Beatle cartoons, I wrote a book. <laughs> Streaming over WCWP.org. Streaming www.ncc.edu slash WHPC. But. Anyway, any more? You want to plug anything else? <laughs> My God, our podcast, sure, our podcast. <laughs> for free for, no. Uh, so, so again, let's but, talk. But, but radio, what radio didn't play it. They immediately heard it. Didn't I still play think it. he's right. I, I did expect the single to go to. I one. didn't. I did. I, I was shocked. I was happy that it went where it went, but I, I did not expect it. The to go first to anthology, if I'm not mistaken, actually knocked the Backstreet Boys out of number one. Which cool. Was, okay. Yeah. You know what? I guess wow. Tony was right then wow. because. 
I know the cassette single, I don't believe, had all four. Didn't it just no, have the two? two? But the CD single did have some really cool stuff, especially well, Real the, Love. They well, had the, the fly-in of, of here, there, and everywhere, which yeah. was beautiful. Absolutely and gorgeous. I was hoping for a remaster or a remix of that because that made it so great in 96. <laughs> but I guess your Tony's point was right then, that if you bought the albums of Anthology, you got Free as a Bird and Real Love anyway. Right. So you're not right. going to buy that again and then have that just to have those pay more money when you've got it all in one succinct package. So I, I guess that's a point. Well, one more thing about the, the Threedles. There was the lead-up for the sales of Anthology 1 and then 2 and 3 was incredible. You've never seen a musical band get this type of write-up in all the magazines and the newspapers. That's there true. was tremendous amounts of write-ups. Matter of fact, the article that was in Newsweek, the Beatles are back or whatever the official thing was. But that was also on the cover of the Post in 79. Right, right. I mean, but, come on. but that article, I remember seeing it in Roosevelt Field and right when I saw it, I said, it's time to bring back my show. And I have a Is that another plug for your show? Well, sure. Friday's 8 p.m. But I walked into just, that one. Beatle tracks Monday, seven, uh, eight, <laughs> 7 to 9. But it's just something that hit me as a I Beatles will. fan that I hadn't done my show in a while, and I said, well, maybe it's time to bring it back. Based on all this publicity, the fact that I was going to hear all this new music, which we hadn't heard legally. You know, we knew some of it. We, you know, we all know about it. Since we were in the back smoking it. Oh, man, check out this music. Now, I mean, we, it was kind of funny. When it came out legally... Of the anthologies, that was kind of a fun thing too. Because how many people here collect <clears throat> Dutch imports? There you Everyone. go, excellent. So wasn't one. it kind of mind blowing to actually get that stuff home and put it on and be like, I'm hearing this legally now. Like, it sort of took some of the edge off, you know, kind except of. Except you, if you've you know, got troubles. Except if you've got troubles, right? We didn't get no, but My but God. it was kind of that was kind that of a fun sucked. aspect of it was you know hearing it for the first time legally. But we said you know? we had three of us said um, the album sessions. If Sessions had come out in 1985 when it was supposed to come out, would that have sold? You don't think so, Al? I'll say no. Why not? Don't just say you have to qualify it. Not The really. timing? Okay. The Beatles were passe in the 80s, but were back in the 90s? They were. 20 greatest hits. Bob. One. The biggest uh, credit to Mr. Sussman. Those of you who did not hear Al's comment, he said 20 greatest hits by the Beatles? Beatles one top of the charts. Which is the same album. But so very intriguing, but you're right. No, good point. You're right. Good point. I, I also well. think that the '80s is a dead zone for Beatles in the many ways. Yeah, McCartney was a little bit lost. Right. Uh, he made a bad movie with Give My Regards to Broad Street. He hung out too much with Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know he. <laughs> you know he worked on an album called Return to Pepperland, which. But he also he did Press to Play, which he hates. But I love. I love. I, press I love Press to Play. Who likes Press to Play? Yeah, you're still our people. All, oh come all, on! All nine thousand. Right, so you're not my people. No. <laughs> but, oh, he's still our people. I, I actually I we like Press to Play. Do Paul too. doesn't like it. He never talks about it. No, doesn't care about it. Same thing with Back to the Egg. Who he likes doesn't Back talk to much the Egg? About you either, but we like you. Back to the Egg. We like. He never talks about. He me. never talks about. No one's going to talk to him about that. But the '80s were. You know, think about George had basically retired. Ringo didn't put it that. Wait a minute. '85. George was in the studio recording Cloud Nine. Not '86. More than '85. Yeah. But he oh, did. Been, I have to be exact. It. But, it was, but it was but after sessions it. would have happened, though. Yeah. And, 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 to Al, to and, and leading up to that, after. Gon Trapo did nothing because George didn't promote it. So he, I love Gon Trapo. I, so I, I hate all the good. I love all the crappy yeah. albums. But he. I love that album. There was, a, there was a dead point for the Beatles in the Should 80s. Yeah. Interesting. I guess. That's if, the, a, that may if the anthology came out in the 80s, I don't think people would have cared as much. Okay, so let me ask you a question. After the success of the three anthology albums, there should have been. Now, Sessions comes out. Does that sell? 
No, but you can't. It's, it's, it's just a compilation of stuff from those three. Not really. Yeah, everything on it is already out. Is everything on it? Yes. Out? Absolutely. Yeah, everything. 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 Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, everything is. Yeah. Uh, we'll strike. yeah, you're right. He's out. It's the two of us now. Uh, yeah. Sorry. No the, no, the problem with Sessions was is that the edits that they made for Sessions ended up on anthologies. Right. You know, how do you do it? It's like, well, that's not the way it was recorded. Yeah. Well, well they, they used... took the lazy way out. Right. They took the... Well, but Jeff Emmerich did Sessions. He was worked yeah. on Sessions, and he yeah. made those edits for some reason. And he never said to him, well, guys, I made these edits. And yeah, they sort of said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good point. You I know, mean, I never really thought that one was the same album, but it is. Yeah. It's yeah. the exact same album as 20 the 20 greatest thing, yeah. except there's seven less hits. Right. That's it. So for all 700 of you joining us tonight. Yeah. What about my book then? <laughs> Beetle oh, yeah. Tunes, written by Mitch Axelrod. He forgot my name. <laughs> oh my God. I've known him for gonna, 40 years. I'm come up with some sort of adjective, but I could. An adjective? Marvelous Mitch Axelrod. Anyway, yes, Beetle Tunes. Get it. It's a great book if you don't have it already. Yeah, thank so. you. That's the only plug I got. Yeah, but thank, thank, thank you, all you all so coming. much we for coming out tonight. We so appreciate it. Fab for Free For All. Fab for Free For All. It's Fab, the number four free, the number four all.com. You probably already know that, but and, uh, and, thank and, you all for coming out. And we appreciate you, it. Thanks, Al Sussman. Thank you, Al Sussman, Sussman, Sussman for, for hosting. Introducing us. Woo! Thanks, Al. And thank you to my lady fair winning back there who's taking pictures. Thank you, honey. Thank you for my Where'd wife you know? for not coming tonight. There you go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Triguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All. Like anybody well, cares. So do we want to? Are we? What are we doing to end the show? Are we rating the singles before like, we before we take the? the no, I'm kidding. What are we, Dick Clark? Nine. We always rate the. Album. I can dance nine. to it. It's got a great beat. You can dance number to nine. it. Number nine. Number nine. nine. Okay. Now I'll give it a nine. We'll open the. We'll open the floor for any. And it doesn't any, have to be on this question. topic. It doesn't have any, to be on this topic. It'd be on anything you want. So not not like you know home improvements, but. There were three cuts done of what of what's your new Mary Jane or what a shame Mary Jane had a pain at the party. But there were three different cuts. I'm not sure if the that anthology... was John Solo for the first three. No, years. seriously though, I, I'm not I'm not sure whether or not the version that's on Anthology Three was actually the. I don't remember I don't from the so. booklet whether that was the single cut. The single was going to get it get back, but until it get back, I don't think that the one on the Anthology Three is actually the single version. You can find on a, a bunch of Dutch <clears throat> Dutch imports a, a slightly shorter version that runs like 410 or 420 or something like that. That's the single. The one that's like five and a half is, is there are two different mixes of that longer one. And that's, I think that's the one that's on the anthology. Well, they also did yeah. something similar to um, they cut, you know, my name, look up right. the number. Yeah. I have to tell you a funny story about that, too. My grandmother, who was totally, uh, she adored the Beatles in the beginning. When they got their mustaches and beards, she sort of, you know, was like everybody else. Oh, they, they look ugly and they're into drugs. So when Let It Be came out, I remember sitting in front of the RCA console, which was about the size of this room, you know, because you had to play your records and you had sometimes had a TV in it. And <coughs> yes, exactly. But my grandmother sat and she listened to Let It Be and she closed her eyes. And at the end, you know, I could tell she was really loving it because Let It Be is a very sweet song. And even the... You know, the grandparents are going to like that. 
just like yesterday. And you flipped the single over, didn't flipped, you? Well, no, first she... You first, freaked the old well, girl right out, no, didn't you? No, first, first we actually asked her, what'd you think? And she just went, eh, it's okay. But I knew she was loving it, you know? She wouldn't admit it, because that would admit loving the Beatles the way they are now. And then we flipped the single. Now, I had never heard... I was eight years old hearing Let It Be and You Know My Name. I didn't know anything about You Know My Name. I had just seen Let It Be in the theaters with my father at a drive-in, of all places, and I hated the movie because I was an eight-year-old who wanted to see the Mop Top Beatles in a movie like Hard Day's Night and Help, and there they are, and, and they were, it was, I feel like to me, doing, it's still a boring movie. I feel like doing my John own, My own opinion. From the movie. So you want to be your Mop Tops, but we're now all grown up, and it's like, yeah. Exactly. Let's play on a boat. Yeah. Uh, but then we flipped the single over, and I swear to God, as soon as she heard the open, you know my, she got up and took off and said, see, I was right. Imagine if she had heard, she looked it's like, like an African bean. Wah, wah, she eat. I mean, uh, could you imagine it? Uh, Grandma, here's what a shame Mary Jane had a pain at the party. Yeah. Uh, roll up a doobie and Although, let's hear it. actually, Grandma might be like, yeah, it was a shame that Mary Jane had a pain at the party. I'm sorry. Why'd you have a pain? Uh, yeah, right. No. Anyway. So, any other questions? Kevin. Kevin, make that. I would just like to ask you guys uh, no, we don't do that. <laughs> For a lot of money. We did do it before, but no more. Excluding Grow Old With Me and would there be a third song that you guys would have Excluding Grow Old With Me and Now and Then? Ooh, that's a good question, but uh, of John's, of John's you mean, solos? You mean that the Threedles would have worked on? You know what? Wow. The, the, and this is only because it's the only one that comes to mind that could have had something interesting done with it. What? Maybe here we go again. Mm. Um, I just always thought that if that had been rocked up a little, you know, that round and round we go to dun, if that had been bigger and and might have been really interesting. Uh, but that's one that my, my choice is I'm stepping out. Ooh, I yeah, think the Beatles well. could have done a really good job with I'm stepping out because John wow. sang well on it. Uh, it's actually I like it a lot. I think it really it was a single. It didn't do anything, but um, by that time, again, nothing. I mean, nobody told me it went to number five in in the U.S. But other than that, the, it, he had I'm stepping out and borrowed time uh, as a singles, and they didn't do anything. But I think if if they would have taken that demo, they couldn't have taken it then because it was already it was released. already out. Yeah. But if yeah. they had if she if they didn't do that and they would have given. That song to the Beatles, I think they could have done something. But really grow cool old with it. me, grow old. You just say grow old me, grow old me, grow old me. Now he became out. an old Jewish woman. No, but but grow old with me was already out. So the even you know to have That's thought true. about that right. is grow old me being given to them. That's a good. That point. was already on milk and honey. So maybe they could have done something with them stepping out. Who knows? Maybe. But and, and, well, and uh, the, uh, one thing you just talk about grow old with me. Just as a quick thing, how do we like George Martin and Giles Martin version of? Grow Old With Me, that's on the John Lennon anthology, which sounds like something he could have easily done with the Beatles. Absolutely. Yeah, thoughts, yeah. feelings on that? Ray, anybody? Yeah. You like that one? Thumbs up on that. It's actually not bad. Piece. It doesn't really go, it, it almost yeah. sounds too electronic, almost a little too like phased, the voice phased in and stuff. Yeah. So it, it sort of still feels a little fake to me. Uh, it but it's beautiful. I like actually Mary Beth, uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter's yeah. version yeah. really yeah. well, and she should have done it. No, but uh, and put it out as John Lennon. Or what about you know what George Martin did with While well, the Guitar Gently Weeps? You know that actually is that? awesome. But we're not yeah. going there. I know, yeah. I know. But what song would you have picked of John's? You know what? I don't know because do you, is part of the project that it had to be a demo? Yes. Or or could have they taken the stuff that he did? You know when he broke the band in for Double Fantasy. 
No. Yeah, which was I'm stepping out and, and other right. songs. Right, well, that's what Mitch chose. So, yeah. you know, so you, when you think about you why didn't they pick more from those sessions? Right. You know? Right. You know, or, or, right. or pick an really outtake from Walls it... and Bridges. Those were all properly recorded. You know, something like that. So, right. you know, right. why did, you know, now I just thought about this. Why did it have to be a, a poorly recorded demo that they record to? Why could it have been something that was a little more professionally recorded? Well, because it like would have hell. been sort of repar- Department of Redundancy <laughs> Department in a way. I mean, I, I don't know. Could you see the Beatles doing like Mucho Mungo? Mm-hmm. No, but... The, really. But that's the Beatles a- could have done Move Over Menzel. <laughs> sure, but that was done. That was a and that would have been a cool Keith, little. You know, the Beatles hey. could have done out the blue, but I mean, we're, now we're Keith, just pulling Keith random. You know. No, I, I'm only pulling that because that wasn't. It was a B side. It wasn't yeah, an album. I mean, it so, wasn't. Tony, you like Keith Moon's version of I've Move Over Mizell, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. anybody else have question? Good question, Kev. Anybody else have questions on anything? You could ask me how I clean my drain at night. <laughs> well, I have a question. If you live, did you have a question for who? For you guys. Another one. Oh, here we go. I'm just asking. Go ahead. Um, I, I know how Tony feels about the Who, you know, still touring as the Who, as the two, uh, as the two. If if Ringo and and Paul were to go out as the Beatles, would we we would we never have? I know it wouldn't, but I asked that question. It, it um, would never happen. And and if it did, the joke is always they should join with the Who because they're missing a bass player and a drummer. And, a drummer. <laughs> and, and it could be know, the Boodles to be the Boodles, but. No, I, the twos, right. The toodles. I, I mean, the toodles. The toodles. Um, Can you imagine that? The toodles? No, I, I, I a think... A farewell tour from the toodles. The toodles. <laughs> I, I think, I think should, should Ringo... I think the problem with Ringo, you know, quote, ever, what, joining Paul's band, it also just can't happen from a physical standpoint. Ringo's... Ringo... Ringo's not going to play a whole set as a drummer. If uh, Ringo was true. to show up as a guest on a, on a Paul show... In some special occasion, like he's done in the past, that's lovely. Well, but when, as far as well, the two did, of them going out to David do even Lynch a show, was really cool. And then, uh, yeah, when yeah. Uh, Paul showed up for Ringo's, but that's for three songs, right, you know? right, right. But, was, but there what, was, there what would was... Ringo do to to make it seem like a Beatle thing that Abe doesn't do right now? And when Paul does a show, uh, well, Abe sometimes plays fills that don't actually fit the song. But the, but <laughs> again, you're not going to go. Oh, that's so Ringo. Because I'll tell you why Ringo doesn't remember his Beatle parts, and I'm not kidding. He doesn't. Does he have that, different parts now than he had when he was a Beatle? <laughs> I've walked right into I'm not, that. There's anything wrong with that, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. I meant drum parts, not physical parts. Wow. No, I mean, no, but really, Ringo always said, oh, I don't want to ever play on Beatles songs again. And that's because if you listen to Ringo play on live versions and stuff, you know, he has trouble remembering. Ticket to Ride, but, but he never also, does this, this, the single. Wait twice. So, no, and but, also in, in Broad Street, in my regards to Broad Street, who loves that movie? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, that, I love, I love it. you all. You're our people. <laughs> he the didn't play horrible, if, if, when he does the Beatles stuff, Ringo's searching for his drumsticks, because right. he's not going to try to attempt to play But Beatles he also said he would play on Beatles stuff. But when he played on, on birthday, at his own birthday, when Paul came out and did it, he couldn't he remember that. He birthday. Well, that's he a, never did it live. Come on, well, give him a break. We also but don't I, even know if he did it in the studios. So. Give him a break. Paul McCartney's <laughs> going to go out with Bernard Purdy, okay? No, no, no. And they're going to play. No, I'm not getting into that All one. Right. But, 